Hey, it's Joe Buddy Outlaw Dave and the Outlaw Dave Worldwide Headquarters. It is a studio and office complex located on the west side of town, far away from the refineries as possible without living on the Katy Prairie because that floods now, too. Uh, it is home of Outlaw Dave Productions. Biker Rally TV, Bikes on the Bayou. What's going on with that? Houston's Downtown Motorcycle Festival. What? I know we have uh, announced a bunch of upcoming dates uh, in the Outlaw Nation as we go out and we are making our way in this post-pandemic, fingers crossed, world that we live in, trying to seek out places where we can coalesce and congregate uh, in camaraderie without necessarily being uh, six feet hence and exposed to one another. The socially distanced events, places that have large patios or outdoor spaces, or perhaps at least, at the minimum, deploy the UV air return scrubbers that are being used in the casinos in Lake Charles and Las Vegas. These are the places we will be seeking out as the world uh, begins, hopefully, um, to step back towards some levels of normalcy. Um, that being said, it's always kind of intriguing to see how the rest of the world is doing, not necessarily per se as the economy or the pandemic, but also to have a greater understanding of the forces at work and at play around the world. And that's why we have this show each and every Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. Hub day. It's called Intel Overwatch, and we consult with the very learned Bill Powell. A man who's 30-plus years in the financial industry uh, makes him the perfect Sherpa for us to understand and navigate the waters of the, uh, you know, the unscripted propaganda that we're getting. Uh, read between the lines of the sanitized information that we do, in fact, receive. And he has to make decisions uh, based on global activity. So he has boots on the ground and alternative sources. He is the perfect Sherpa and touchstone for us each and every week. We've been doing this program for years. We inherited him from the uh, the Stephen DePruitt's uh, and the Snake Priest uh, radio networks over the years. Uh, he has obviously uh, done more than his share at the Stephen DePruitt Ranch for Children in almost three-plus decades uh, serving the community. Uh, Bill, as always, welcome to the program on this this historic day in America, and I guess the rest of the world, too. Yes, it is. These are uh, exciting times, but also uh, be troubling times. Because we're seeing great changes in our political system and uh, treatment of uh, uh, events, either false or hyped or real. Look at him trying to frame it right away. We usually do that by reading a series of quotations. I'm assuming uh, this week will be no exception than any other. Bill? The choice for mankind lies between freedom and happiness. And for the great bulk of mankind, happiness is better. <laughs> uh, who said that? George Orwell, 1984. I bet he did. I bet he did. Too late. All right. The next quotation. The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion. And at that point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will just take down the scenery. They will pull back the curtains. They will move the tables and chairs out of the way. You will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. Rene Descartes. Uh, Shakespeare. Frank Zappa. <laughs> George Orwell. Uh, no, okay, of course it was Frank Zappa. Uh, until it's, until it's, what did he say? Until it's too expensive? Until it doesn't work yeah, anymore. Yeah, until it's too expensive, yeah. And uh, to maintain, they will just take down the scenery. And if you look at the military buildup around this country at various capitals, it's looking like we're uh, in a martial law setting almost. It's, uh, 
almost mind blowing. Okay, so uh, and, and I know that normally we just talk about uh, foreign activity, uh, foreign governments, uh, geopolitical activity. We do talk about the stance of our own foreign policy and how we interact with the world. We don't normally focus on domestic policies or domestic politics. But that being said, uh, on the eve of the inauguration and the installment of the 46th president and therefore the 46th administration into the White House, uh, also at this time, I guess, enjoying the support of not only uh, both houses, uh, I guess, of Congress, right? Uh, the Senate and the uh, the House of Representatives. So, it is a different and historic time, and there have been announcements made. Um, I myself have seen them uh, just uh, in the last two to three days. Announcements of executive actions proposed to be taken by the Biden administration, uh, I, I believe, immediately. Is this correct? And now, uh, is some of this stuff telegraphing, is this normal? I know that certainly when the Trump administration came in, they had an agenda that they wanted to enact, but this this whole changeover where there is apparently an action list. Is this common or uncommon? Well, to have over 20 items to do it immediately as soon as they take office, that is unprecedented. Yes, Trump did a lot of overturning, but uh, it wasn't as immediate and rapid and numerous. So th- this so is this is- has been announced this week that they are going to make uh, certain drastic changes in policy uh, and the way things are approached, yes or no? Yes, very, very much so. It's going to be bypassing the regular uh, congressional process. And, you know, this is one of the things, yeah, executive orders have always been around for the last 200 plus years. However, they were very, not used very much. And only, uh, but as administrations progress the last 30 years, they've been used increasingly, uh, you know, for effect. And, of course, you know, one of the problems is Congress can't overturn an executive order. Uh, however, it has to stand up and um, do that process. So um, when we see a change in the mindset, you know, it was before it was like, well, there's two different ways to get to this this place, you know, kind of a mentality. You know, the Clintons, you know, they want a country prosperous, but they're going to do it one way. It was all for the good of the country pretty much. However, this is like, it's our way, and uh, y'all hit the highway. And it's disturbing to hear the calls for unity, but to see what is planned and to be implemented. Bill started to editorialize. We're going we're gonna to hit pause. We're, we have a, a whole hour to talk about this stuff. We are going to talk about whether they will, uh, with one pen stroke, uh, get rid of the, the Keystone uh, pipeline. We will talk about the Paris Climate yeah. Accord. We will talk about how our allies, as well as our foes around the globe, are reacting. Uh, these are some of the important things that we can have and understand. We will also talk, uh, or at least address, a lot of the rumors that are swirling. Uh, Bill already mentioned uh, the military buildup in the uh, capitals around the nation in the, in the various states. Uh, all these things are alarming, unprecedented, and we will delve into them as we peel back the onion. Uh, it is Intel Overwatch just because Bill reposts or retweets a story on the Intel Overwatch feed at 
Intel Overwatch. Doesn't mean that he necessarily endorses their editorial perspective. He says get your information from as many places as possible. Uh, this is one of those touchstones where we are trying to share as many different sources of information as possible, including boots on the ground. It is Intel Overwatch on KPRC with the Outlaw Dave Show. Ooh. Doggy, your old buddy Outlaw Dave at the 911 Garage Door Service.com studios for all your garage door, garage door opening, gate, gate opener needs. Houston owner and operator, native Houstonian, resting marine. I'm talking about the one and only Alan Lonesome Dove Morris. Great guy, supporter of the Outlaw Nation and all things all abound. 713-816-5820. 713-816-5820. Easier to remember 911 Garage Door Service.com. Our guest is Bill Powell. The segment is Intel Overwatch. Traditionally, we are focusing on our interaction with the world, the geopolitical activity around the world. Uh, but we have an inauguration coming up in less than 20 something hours. So we are, we're going to delve into that, uh, some of the information, uh, some of the interaction, some of the reaction, uh, as we look around the globe. First of all, first off, now that all the alleged challenges have been made to the electoral process, presidential candidate Biden has been ratified as the new president of the United States, right? That was, that's what happened. Uh, back in January 6th? Or certified. Certified. Yes, sir. He was certified by the vice president. So he will be inaugurated tomorrow. Uh, so what has been the reaction around the world? And I know, I feel like on this program, we even mentioned that some entities were uh, kind of holding back, being a little more reserved uh, about their acknowledgement or congratulations because of the challenges through the court systems. Now that it's all said and done, uh, where is everybody uh, on the grand scale, the, the big the big countries, the big players, the big cheeses? Well, most are gl- good to see the system that was been around for since 1947 to uh, be back on the tracks. And uh, but the country, okay, well, hold on, so hold on. What, what did you mean by that? The, 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 most people are, are glad to see the. What did you say? The the system since 1947. So what, who are we talking about? We're talking about the, the two parties that are really one party? Well, back at six years ago, no, it's about five and a half years ago when uh, John McCain was in Berlin, he did a speech talking about the system set up in 1947 with France and Germany and Britain and the U.S. that create this global uh, coexistence and working together. A new world order is what he called it. Post-World uh, War II. Exactly. And we had the system that was basically global socialist for, you know, many decades. Um, it, and it was a system that, you know, the IMF helped manage. And, uh, but Trump, when he came into office, upturned that apple cart or gravy train, which had been in place for many of the wealthy of the world and, uh, made himself a target for many like Merkel and Macron who wanted to see him go. Uh, uh, Z, who uh, is very happy with the election results, and people in like in Taiwan with uh, in India now very concerned because they do not see a resolute America stopping the Chinese expansion. All right, so, so let's go. Let's go, uh, back, let's go back to the top. So first of all, the first thing Trump did was put the, the NATO partner nations on alert. Said, "Look, it's time for you guys to start paying your share. We've been footing the whole bill the whole time." Blah blah blah. So he he certainly stepped off wrong with them. Then he addressed some tariff issues with. Uh, at least members of the EU, while calling out the Chinese uh, for their trade imbalance and their trade deficit and their lack of uh, respecting our intellectual sovereignty, et cetera, et cetera. So 
the only so so the whole recap that you just did the only people that were really uh glad to see this upending the apple cart uh was the people in india and the people in taiwan uh, as opposed to the one nation china uh, agenda that as you mentioned president z has put forth but over the four years with the exception of china and Taiwan and India, didn't things with NATO and the EU sort of settle out, and didn't they in the end go, yeah, well, we were being Turks in the first place, so sorry about that, or was it never resolved, and they're ready to get back to business as usual, a slippery hand in your pocket with a lot of money under your toupee? Well, yeah, it never got totally resolved. However, some countries did kick in more. Merkel was the one that was reticent most of all. And, and, and curious, too, because her military has become the most dilapidated out of NATO right now. France could easily take Germany off the map right now with their military force. Who would sell so, a leopard tail? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the whole NATO setup was set basically in place before NATO was created with that uh, new world order setup that John McCain was talking about. The U.S. would provide the muscle. Uh, you know, and it would help protect Europe, but Europe would kind of go along with U.S. policy, but all for the good of not necessarily the U.S., but what was also good for Europe. Now, so, I'm not defending Trump. Are, I'm just trying to get a clearer picture on what effect his administration had over the last four years and what this means, as you say, a return to the vision set place back in 1947, which is the global new world order of what did you call it the socialistic cooperation where multinational corporations and the international banking monetary fund coordinate manipulate the stock markets and the cheapo and the paddle and all yeah which is basically controlled by those that meet at davos and uh things like that the, with the meetings of the billionaires so it was like in the background that the billionaire elite was had really been running the show for a long time however u.s was going to be the muscle forever but the, the, the relationship, relationship was always dysfunctional. Europe had been taking advantage of it, backstabbing the U.S. on many deals like Germany and Switzerland, helping um, North Korea build tunnels and things like that, or in, in trade deals. It was never a totally functional thing, and uh, it seemed to be an agreement that kind of worked, And uh, but with the fallout of, uh, you know, post-going to Iraq and Afghanistan, America's leadership had started to decline. And then we went through eight years of leading from behind where other entities stepped up to the plate and actually had more of a global presence in the fact than a U.S. president. So this cash flow issue that had been going around that has been drained the U.S. because we've been basically covering European defense uh, and also uh, with the trade imbalances. and. You know, we even had some trade imbalances with Europe where some things were protected and ours weren't. But it, the problem was, was the setup was never America first. And I think a lot of people realize that through all the economic fluctuations we've had the last few decades, that we do what's good for other countries instead of what's good for normal, everyday Americans. So um, the same reason the that, that the uh, the UK wanted out of the European Union is like we're we're right. paying for we're paying right. more yeah. than our share. Yeah, exactly, very much, and it was tyranny. And we were starting to see some, uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, you know dissension from Europe. And now we even have this movement now of Europe where they think they need to have their own standing army with without NATO. Go on. So, 
but but NATO was all created to fight Russia, and you know, but with all the deals that Merkel and Macron and others have been making with Russia, what's the use of trying to be have NATO if you're uh, they're making deals or undercutting defense for Europe? And so, one of the things was the Nord Stream pipeline. Okay, so isn't in the interest of advancing one's nation uh, in the imperialistic or whatever the competitive landscape that we live in now? While it seems that there is still viable military incursions into other provinces or nations uh, as it pertains to Europe, isn't what the Silk Road Initiative, isn't what the Russians are doing with their pipeline, aren't these more ways of, they don't need space, they don't need land, they don't need prisoners of war, they need the dollars, they need to control the economies of these countries. That's why you saw the, the problems in uh, Crimea, that's why you saw the problems in Ukraine, uh, that's why you continue to see the problems in Belarus. So isn't isn't the idea of the NATO defense of the EU, isn't that sort of out of date since that's not how they're right. going to take control of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NATO is out of date. Something new needs to happen because, and now even NATO is starting to wake up to the Chinese threat after all these decades. But in the meantime, you know, last week, Merkel, well, the week before last, Merkel and Macron basically sabotaged the EU with a new trade agreement. Agreement, And for Merkel's support, it looks like the German telecom company gets to have access to new markets. This multilateral approach, you know, with today's world seems to be a solution, but I can see it becoming very problematic quickly. These countries are acting like uh, eight-year-old kids in the backseat on a road trip. You're giving them a box of Cracker Jacks, and there's a prize at the bottom. The prize at the bottom costs three cents. The caramel candy-coated popcorn with the four obligatory peanuts didn't cost the price of the box that it's been given to, but the kid in the back seat is happy, at least for a time. Our conversations with Bill Powell is Intel Overwatch, and it continues next. There's a lot of people working very hard to make this happen. These are people they care about. People who are on your side. Outlaw Dave is your friend on KPRC 950. All right, all right, all right. It is Intel Overwatch with the very learned Bill Powell. We're the aforementioned 911 Garage Door Service.com studios. All right, Bill. Rumors, 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 rumors. And first of all, I want to qualify all this by saying if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, oh, look, it was almost a year ago. One of the things that we saw with the mobilization of the National Guard. Remember this? It was less than a year ago. Yeah. Uh, mobilizing the National Guard. They were being activated. They were being deployed. Uh, there was concern that these uh, forces were coming to take over people's towns and communities, that they were going to ensure the safety and security of the food sources, that they were going to control um, interstate commerce, when, in fact, they were really being uh, deployed to help at medical facilities and hospital facilities and some of the some of the distribution and supply lines, it was a totally reasonable gesture. But do you remember all the chatter about it, how people were so inflamed? They thought I remember reading a post saying Gary from Applebee's that's a weekend warrior with the National Guard isn't coming to take over your town. And at the end of last year, there was some sort of report. I don't know if it was from uh, Homeland Security or FBI, that they were able to finally track down a lot of those Facebook rumors were from bots controlled by the Iranians, the Russians, and the North Koreans, not the Chinese, if I, if I recall correctly. 
So yeah. here we are, fast forward to right now, and there are all these rumors that the FBI and Homeland Security are seriously concerned about ultra-right, uh, white supremacist, uh, nationalist militias taking over and controlling or attacking the state capitals around the country, not dissimilar to what we saw uh, less than a month ago at the nation's capital. And so now, once again, we've seen an incredible deployment of troops. We have how many troops are deployed in Washington, D.C., uh, to ensure the safety of the transition of power tomorrow? Uh, 25,000 plus. 25,000! Uh, and, and about 2,000 of the National Guard have been deputized as U.S. Marshals. Why is that? Some special power early. So uh, about half a million rounds of 50 caliber have been uh, set out and the 2.5 million rounds of 5.56. But I think it's more of a uh, hype because the FBI says credible threat, but other intelligence agencies are saying there is no credible threat. And uh, the irony is you got more troops in Washington, D.C. than during the Civil War of Lincoln. And, uh, <laughs> and now we ha- we're having ideological purges. But the greatest irony is back last year when we had the National Guard deploy, these people were against the National Guard are all of a sudden now all pro-National Guard deployment. So they kind of flipped on their stance about it. So, but the whole thing is, you know, with the Iranian bots and the Ukrainian bots, basically what it was to inflame tensions and, um, you know, to disunify our, our country. But if you and this is one of my problems with the vilification of Texas National Guard people. The history of our country is, regardless of people's political beliefs, our soldiers, the majority of them, will stand up and do the right thing as per their orders in the Constitution. And just to say, because these people may not, you know, rubber stamp uh, Cory Bush's mindset, uh, you know, the Congress lady from Missouri or Nancy Pelosi's does not make them a threat to security in Washington, D.C. Uh, you know, everybody forgets about the riots that were in D.C. back in the early 30s when Hoover was president because they adjusted the uh, stipends for the uh, uh, First World War vets. And they, you know, MacArthur led the charge with Eisenhower there and Patton against all these veterans who were camped out around the Capitol. And, you know, there were several killed. It was pretty brutal. So, you know, your assessment of, of, and and, and I don't want to, obviously, a lot of people were quick to say uh, that on January 6th, when up to 30,000 people perhaps uh, assembled at the National Mall or wherever they were, and then some of them went to the Capitol and some of them broke in. And the people were quick to say, oh, Antifa, and the, they had the BLM, they had all infiltrated. And obviously that was debunked before the end of the day. While there may have been Antifa and BLM uh, rabble rousers, there were certainly uh, idiots from, from the right uh, that were well represented right. with their headdresses and their face paints and the, the ridiculousness of it all. But... Okay, all that being said, there are some that have asserted that they kind of made it too easy, like they they moved the barricades or they kind of opened up the doors. 
uh, whether you believe that or not, whether they were beckoned inside, people got caught up in the moment, people went in there, and then they were destructive, and they were extremely violent. And we've seen the video. Well, we've seen uh, the woman who ultimately got shot. Uh, we saw them beating on doors. We we saw the, uh, the, the White House Capitol Police officer that was beaten and sustained injuries and died later from them. So there has been certainly a ferocity, uh, while at the same time people are kind of wanting to be able to say, well, you know, it's nothing compared to what happened in Portland every night for nine months, and certainly two wrongs don't ever make a right. We must reject all violence. But at the end of the day, Bill, I ask you, do you think what we saw back on January 6th warrants the reaction that we're seeing now, or does this raise some sort of internal silent alarm? You're like, hey, they're kind of using that as an excuse to... Wait, why? Why do you get? What, you know what I'm saying? You know where the overreact? Oh, yes, those kids spilled water on the floor, so we tied them all up and we scrubbed them down. We made sure they didn't have lice. What? I, that's overreaction. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be overkill on purpose, but also in a way, it's uh, sending a message because you look at other capitals in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and stuff. They have massive buildups, but uh, in you know, the data is just not there for that much of a response, but it does send a strong message, you know, um, you know, of to, I guess, uh, you know, to any that we were considering malfeasance. And the thing is, is most of the, you know, I'll kind of go back is most of the violence seemed to be pre-planned because of uh, social media posts and discussions before uh, but, you know, kind of a spur of moment, but if you look at the other several hundred thousand people were there, that some were trying to get to tell them not to respond, not to go in. And unfortunately, both sides have stupid people. And, you know, but you can't do a paintbrush on everybody else on a small segment of the idiots. So many people. And that's where the problem is. Now. So many people are, uh, I guess, backed up on the hypocrisy especially of the mainstream media, but also the governmental response of, as I already cited, the things that happened in Minneapolis, the things that happened in Portland, the things that happened in Chicago, in New York, in Seattle, in Los Angeles. Uh, they're confused because there it was like, all right, just let them burn everything down. We'll clean it up later. And then suddenly you've got this, oh, my God, it was so horrible. And uh, what do you think of the hypocrisy of that? What do you think about the people's inability to process the hypocrisy of it? Well, that's the thing. There should be equal treatment under the law, and it seems quite unequal. And just because somebody has a, a you get the, the rhetoric seems to be if you had a certain political stance, you get a pass. But if you don't have the, the correct political stance, you don't get a pass. And, you know, how many fires were uh, started January 6th? Zero. How many cars were burned? Zero. How many businesses were destroyed zero but that one spot and then one of the things i find curious because you know as you're going through videos and stuff doing research sometimes you kind of look for am i being set up and i find it curious the majority of those videos do not seem organic but with somebody was already there in place filming as they turned around corners went upstairs uh, entered rooms I, I noticed that. I noticed that too. It was like, okay, wait, you got the one pathetic, lonely security guard on the stairs. He's like, it's almost like he's he's beckoning them to chase him. But yes, as you point out, hey, 
Who was filming if he was there and they were on the other side of him? A good point. Uh, our conversation is with Bill Powell. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about, just briefly, uh, some of the other rumors and things that are swirling right now. If we were poised on the precipice of the transition of power uh, from... Uh, the orange one to uh, business as usual with the Biden one. And that is all obviously coming up tomorrow. This is Intel Overwatch. You can follow Bill uh, on Twitter at uh, Intel Overwatch. Hello. Can't sleep? Choose from one of the following menu options. Press star to return to the main menu at any time. Press one to hear the relaxing sounds of the ocean. Press two to listen to wind chimes blowing in the wind. Press 7 to learn the history of the cocktail wiener. Outlaw Dave <laughs> is your friend on KPRC 950. 911 garage door service.com 713-816-5820 celebrating another great year here in southeast texas and also the people that serve our community at 911 garage door service.com first responders always get 10 percent off service calls a hundred dollars off new doors and a free keypad with the purchase of any new opener on top of all the great deals that they're serving to all their customers, 911GarageDoorService.com has gates, gate openers, garage doors, garage door openers, and they've built their business model on service and integrity. 911GarageDoorService.com, 713-816-5820. The sole proprietor, Alan Morris, is a resting Marine, a native Houstonian, and he's building his business. One happy customer at a time. 713-816-5820. 713-816-5820.911garagedoorservice.com. Outlaw Dave is your friend. This is the Outlaw Dave Show on KPRC 950. Hey! Oh! Your buddy Ally Dave, along with Bill Powell. It is Intel Overwatch. And uh, we're here at the Outlaw Dave Worldwide Headquarters. Don't forget, the sun will come up tomorrow. Uh, huge cracks will not appear in the Earth's crust, at least in our neighborhood. And boulders will not fall from the sky till later in the afternoon. Uh, Bill, tomorrow, the transition to power with the 46th President of the United States of America. Uh, is it a corporation or is it a republic? I used to be a, a republic, but the D.C. area is a corporation. Uh, so there have been, uh, in the subtones, in the subcutaneous world of, uh, the interwebs, uh, in addition to the conversations about the stolen election, about the, uh, Italian Dominion servers and the Germans and the transit and the flipping of the votes and how many votes and all that stuff, there's been another narrative going on. Uh, one that saw, uh, Pizzagate, uh, Pedogate, and some other uh, disturbing assertions made about the global elites. And one of the things that certainly Donald Trump has enjoyed, uh, not shied away from, uh, is the embrace of these. I don't want to give him too much of a name because I don't want to. It's one of those, what is it? There aren't really people that reveal themselves living beneath the surface that are praying to an ICM missile. Or are they? So there has been this rumor of this clash of good and evil and that uh, even to this moment that the 11th hour that there was going to be some pulling a rabbit out of a hat surprise 
in your educated and worldly wise opinion, are there some big surprises that will take place tomorrow that we will uh, have never seen and will uh, blow our minds? I don't see anything major happening. Uh, and the only thing I'm finding curious right now is the fact that I'm, uh, I had some uh, a report that the continuance of government uh, notification network had been activated and it's on level two. Continuance of government, isn't that the, like, in case of civil emergency or civil disaster that you have to right. go to, like, the ham radio and everybody operates out of uh, the uh, the Treasury Secretary's basement or something like that? Yes, exactly. You know, it, it gives out, and technically that can only be activated by the president. Uh, but, you know, I'm I can't get all the data because I don't have that kind of access, only uh, when I can pick up through through sources. So uh, and then there's been reports that uh, some broadcast TV stations have been told to uh, uh, prepare for uh, FCC-mandated uh, transmissions for up to 72 hours starting tomorrow morning. There seems to be some evidence for it, but it's not a massive deal. I, but overall, I see a smooth transition of power tomorrow uh, at 11 o'clock here uh, in Houston time. We'll, we'll, uh, the inauguration will start. Uh, you know, part of some of the things that uh, get taken, and one of the things I'll go on, like QAnon, I've always thought was a psyop to draw people out to find out who they are. You know, like the movie Gladiator, when it talks about you know, you know, the sea snake that acts like it's dead and its enemies come out to eat on it, then it attacks it. Well, same thing here. You're drawing out all these people that feed into it, and I've always, I think, there's a NSA and CIA psyop that has led a lot of people to get hysterical. So I've gotten a few calls today, and I said, "No, just relax. It'll be okay." Here, take these and go camping. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not going to tell them to take a soma, but uh, yeah, just just chill out. So, and uh, uh, you know, we, we, we've had crises in a republic, our country, for many times, and we've always made it through. And uh, I don't agree with the uh, a lot of the policies with coming via executive orders like uh, getting us back in the Paris Accords. If those that didn't appreciate the Aldous Huxley Brave New World reference, shame on you. Bill, so let's talk about some of the things that the Biden administration and all that that means have already telegraphed that they're going to do. They're going to immediately stop the Keystone Pipeline, uh, and they are going to reenact uh, the Paris Accords and our participation of it. So, first of all, Keystone Pipeline, how much of it is finished? What is what is? Can they actually stop it? Yes, they can actually stop it because they can revoke uh, all permits and access, and then it will damage our energy independence. And unfortunately, the Paris Accord, the Climate Accord, is going to affect Texas negatively. Uh, I've had quite a few discussions the last few weeks with people in the oil and gas industry who voted for the current incoming administration, and I'm going, do you not see it's going to destroy your jobs? And then I've talked to others that are looking to sell their house in the process of selling their house, cash out because they know their jobs are in jeopardy coming very soon. So that's the first day hitting the ground running. Uh, we're back in the Paris Climate Accord, which gives India and China a pass. And one of the little side notes here is China is in the process of building 70 new coal-fired plants. And they said they were going to abide by the accords, even though they didn't have to, but they're not doing it. And then, of course, ending the travel ban on the, the predominantly Muslim countries that also that Saudi Arabia and UAE and Bahrain also banned too because of 
the uh, uh, high concentrations of jihadists. So it was not a ban on Muslim, predominantly Muslim countries. It was only on some Muslim countries with high concentrations of jihadists. Okay, but so, so but hold on. So uh, when you talk about this, uh, not even post-pandemic, I, I say that optimistically, this, this pandemic world that we're living in, uh, the, the gloves, uh, the, uh, the plexiglass, uh, all that stuff that we are deployed. That's all, those are all petrochemical products. So, uh, the Paris Accord, I don't know what it is, but it seems like plastics, plexiglass, and, uh, neoprene seems like they're really uh, strong markets right now. And doesn't that benefit the petroleum industry here in Southeast Texas? Oh, hugely. And I'm telling people to budget at least 150 to 175% extra for your electric bill coming up this summer. The Paris Climate Accord, what, what are you saying? It penalizes us? It, how, how does it make our electricity yes. bill go up? Well, because we're going to be doing carbon taxes and uh, things like that, and we'll have constriction on supplies. And, uh, okay, so uh, how does this work if India and China, the two biggest uh, nations in the world, the two biggest polluters, how, how how do they get a pass and then you turn the screws to America? How do you rationalize that? Uh, because there are globalists that want to see America no longer be dominant and have China in other countries rise. There is no other country. And it is China. China. China's goal is to be the dominant uh, force in the 21st century. The only way for them to achieve this is for us to falter and be taken down and not just a notch or a peg, but many, many, many. And while I'm sure our hubris has offended many uh, long-reaching memories around the globe, why would we willingly capitulate ourselves to this, to any of this. And so what you're going to say is all those politicians, all those entities, all those people that are supporting this uh, emasculation of America are what, in the pocket of China? No, they're basically global socialists. And, uh, you know, America has been uh, eventually or pushing for a U.N.-type world where there's real no national sovereignty for regions. And when you talk about global socialism, you're talking about UN goals uh, and, uh, you know, implementation of those. And, and a lot of those directions all come from when they meet in Davos. Every year you can find, you know, when Davos meets the next year, everything they talk about in the agendas and stuff comes out the next year. And uh, the Paris Agreement is one of those uh, children of a Davis uh, meeting there in Switzerland. So it is the goal to limit global warming down to two degrees centigrade and all that. But to do that, you got to do carbon taxes. You got to reduce, uh, uh, you know, consumption. So, you know, a lot of people are going to find out what their smart meters are all about. And it's not just about reading about your consumption. Well, no, we all know Bill Gates is sprinkling dust in the atmosphere to reduce the uh, the heating of the heat. He's going to save us. It's all going to be fine. Uh, we will see uh, tomorrow, and then uh, things will inf- they will either unfold slowly or they will unfold quickly. Uh, Bill seems to think it's going to be a slow thing. Uh, I think those that are paranoid and have been whipped up by the Italian bots think it's all going to happen before the end of the week. Those of you that are going camping for the next couple of days, have fun, relax. We'll see you when you get back. Uh, that's it for this week's edition of We Got It! Intel Overwatch. As we like to say around here, Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show for the evening. 
Thank you for coming. Please leave by the access and don't forget the speakers. Thank you.